Hey everyone, it's Natalie Satare, your makeup artist and beauty coach here. And today's episode is one of my favorites. This is just me answering your makeup questions, of course, in my humble opinion answers. So there is always a million different answers to the same question. There's so many different solutions when it comes to makeup, but these are my answers to your most popular questions. You are listening to the Be Your Own Makeup Artist podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Satare, former military officer turned professional and award-winning makeup artist and educator and author of the book, Be Your Own Makeup Artist. This podcast is for makeup enthusiasts, makeup artists, and everyone in between. I share insights about the beauty industry, invite industry experts, and try to keep the content more about makeup education and less about buying this or that. I'm so glad you're here and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey everyone, I wanted to let you know about my book, Be Your Own Makeup Artist, the same name as this podcast. My book I wrote in 2019 after years of putting together diagrams and documents and tips and tricks for makeup beginners, for those of my clients who had no clue how to wear makeup. And now I have a 114 page full color book, perfect for visual learners. There are no age, gender, race biases in it. It is written completely inclusively. That was always very important because you know, I believe makeup is for everyone. Also, I'm not pushing any brands. Nope, this was a self-funded book, which means nobody paid me to talk about what products to use. It's all about the tools and the techniques and the learning about how to wear makeup. It is available in hardcover and paperback. You can get it at a lot of the big retailers, but if you get it on beyourownmakeupartist.com, you'll also get my free essential tools for makeup guide. And it has all of my favorite products that I love and use and I think are great to have. And don't worry, there's no bias in there. So if you are a makeup beginner, if you know a makeup beginner, or if you teach makeup beginners, this is the perfect book for you. Head over to beyourownmakeupartist.com, go grab it, and you'll be on your way. Okay, back to the show. So the questions I'm going to answer today is question number one. As a complete beginner, what is the best way to learn how to do makeup? Question number two, do you prefer a thick eyeliner or a thin eyeliner? Question number three, what kind of school do you have to go to to become a makeup artist? Question number four, how can I make the outer corners of my eyes look uplifted? Question number five, What is the best way to clean your makeup sponges and brushes? Question number six. How do you figure out how to buy the perfect concealer for your skin? Question number seven. How do you get rid of wrinkles around your eyes? Question number eight. What are the essential palettes for a makeup artist? Question number nine. Can I use foundation as a concealer? And question number 10, how long does makeup last? When do you throw away cosmetics? So if any of those questions or if all of those questions are interesting to you and you want to hear, in my humble opinion, answers to those questions, I would love for you to join me. So question number one, as a complete beginner, what is the best way to learn how to do makeup? Okay. 
So there's two parts to this. The first part is if you are just starting out with makeup, the first question I'm going to ask you is, what's your skin type? Like, I need to know what your skin type is so that I can know what types of makeup formulations will work best for you, right? I would also need to know so many other things, like what are your preferences, what's your style, like all of this stuff. But if you don't know your skin type, you are just kind of throwing a wet noodle on the window, hoping it's going to stick. Maybe it will if you have very youthful skin or very normal skin, then you can put whatever you want on your face and it's going to work. But I always like to start by knowing your skin, making sure you're taking care of your skin, then you can put on makeup. So I have a great skin type guide. It is 100% free. It is not sponsored. It is purely educational. You can grab that at skincareforbeginners.com. Full disclosure, I am not an esthetician. I am not a skincare expert. I know a lot about makeup on top of skin prep, right? So somebody comes to me, tells me they have this type of skin. I can you know, prep their skin for makeup based on my knowledge and then apply makeup that I know will work for their skin. So if you want to dive in really deep into skin and skincare, I'm probably not the right person, but if you want a, just a very overview idea of what your skin type is, especially skin type in terms of using makeup, go grab my free guide. It's literally the most popular guide. And you would really want to make sure that before you start wearing makeup, you're taking good care of your skin and you know how to prepare it for makeup. So that's the first part of the answer to this question. The second part is something that's a little bit more personal. So if you are a complete beginner to makeup, I think the number one thing I see people kind of making the mistake of is wanting to do it all, like thinking that I'm a beginner to makeup, so I need to do foundation, blush, eyeliner, eyeshadow, lipstick, lip gloss, blah, 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 like highlighters, bronzers, all this stuff. And really, I think that's too overwhelming. Like, I think if you are just getting started, I would encourage you, and I shared the same tip on David Zyla's Feel Good Beauty channel. David Zyla is an Emmy award-winning stylist. He's invited me on his series, Feel Good Beauty. You can find that on YouTube. And this is the same advice that I gave. I said, what is the one feature, one of your favorite physical features about yourself? Is it your nose? What about your eyes? What about your lips? Is it your cheekbones, your jawline? Like what is your most favorite feature? You can use makeup to enhance that. You can also use makeup to maybe diminish things that you don't maybe love so much. Let's say you have a more prominent forehead, you know, contouring and shaping and shading that with strategic products could help just to make you feel more confident knowing where to put it on, right? Knowing how to apply it. You don't necessarily need to do your whole face, right? It really depends on your face shape. Or if you have, let's say your eyes are a little bit smaller than you want them, like you can use eyelash curler and mascara to make them big. So you start with the one thing that you really want to bring forward or you want to accentuate, and that's how you can kind of get your feet wet when it comes to makeup. I will also say that I have a guide. It's the Makeup for Beginners guide. You can get it at makeupforbeginners.com. 
It's a four-step guide. I'm working on a course to go with it. It's $1.99. You can get it anywhere. It's a digital guide. So wherever you are in the world. Second question. Do you prefer a thick eyeliner or a thin eyeliner? Madison asks this question. So I'm assuming here that we're talking about a black eyeliner because there's so many different colors and there's different effects and there's different colors that you might want to use for different color eyes or, or whatnot. So I'm going to just assume that we're talking about black eyeliner here. And I'm going to assume this is a question for you, Madison. Without seeing your eyes, I don't know your eye shape. So if you have a larger, rounder eye, you can definitely get away with a thicker eye line. If you have a small, more narrow eye, you know, a thick eyeliner is going to just kind of close them. And that could be the effect that you want. But most of the time, people want their eyes to appear bigger and brighter. And I like to just skip eyeliner. If I don't need it, I actually skip it a lot. I do love tight lining. And that is where you kind of line your lash line and the area right beneath. So tight lining is a great way to really open the eye with eyeliner without opening it up more. And I also, I guess instead of thick or thin, I tend to think, and this is my opinion, my professional opinion and maybe personal preference as a makeup artist, but I love a tapered eyeliner. So I love where you start in very thin and it gradually tapers and gets wider or thicker towards the outer corner of the eye. So remember eyeliner creates also a color block. So it will make the whites of your eyes, if you're using a black, appear whiter. And this is really cool. And of course, if you line on the bottom and you line on the top, then it's probably going to close the eye a little bit. So kind of a loaded question. When you think of eyeliner, you have to think of the effect you are going for. Are you going for a more sultry eye? Do you want your eyes to kind of, you know, look a little bit more mysterious? Then maybe you can go with a thick eyeliner. But if you want them to be a little bit brighter or more open, I would consider just tight lining them or applying a thin tapered line. Okay. I hope that that helps. I do have a fantastic chart, an eyeliner chart and an eye shape chart in my book, Be Your Own Makeup Artist, which by the way, if you didn't know, was just picked up as curriculum for a cosmetology school here in Germany. Let's move on. Number three, what kind of school do you have to go to to become a makeup artist? Olivia. Okay. This is a depends question. I don't know where in the world you are. I'm assuming you're in the U.S. So if you're in the U.S., it really just depends on the state you live in. I proudly did not go to makeup school. I really wanted to. I started my business in Monterey, California, and the closest pure makeup school was in San Francisco, which was a two-hour drive for me. But then I did a lot of research and I researched cosmetology schools, which I realized are going to focus on hair and nails and makeup and actually the makeup bit of cosmetology school, at least as was my experience when I was researching the schools in the Monterey Bay area. They really didn't focus that much on makeup itself, only maybe one or two weeks. 
And so I was like, well, can I just do this on my own? And at the time I could, I just started a sole proprietorship business. I made my website and I let my actions speak louder than words. You know, it took me a long time before I would call myself a professional. I kept feeling a little bit impostery. So if you want to be a makeup artist, you definitely can go to cosmetology school. There are some amazing makeup schools that will get you on the right track, especially if you want to go into film or commercial work or television, or if you want to go into special effects. Like it really just depends on the type of makeup artist you want to be. I'm a freelance makeup artist. I like working for myself. I like taking the clients that I want to take and the schedule that I want to make for myself. I did write up a blog post. It is linked in the show notes where I talk about the startup costs for becoming a freelance makeup artist. If you want to start out being a freelancer and then getting into it a little bit, then you can kind of make decisions based on after having worked a little bit. You can also assist other makeup artists and ask questions. I do also have a side hustle makeup artist academy course that I'm working on, and I do offer coaching services. So if you wanted to talk with me anyway, um, I have resources for you to help, but make sure you know the laws for your state or country that you live in to see what kind of licensure, if any, is required. So I hope that helps and best of luck, Olivia. I know you're going to do great. So let's talk number four. Question number four, how can I make the outer corners of my eyes look uplifted? Daisy asks. So, so many ways, so many ways. So back to eyeliner, right? If you're applying eyeliner, you know, you can just flick on that outside corner, just a little kitty flick. That's going to instantly kind of give you that cat eye, no matter what your eye shape is. I swear just a little flick of the eyeliner in that outer corner, it's always going to uplift the eye. I have downturned eyes and that is what I do. I always like to curl my eyelashes, especially the outer lashes. I'll curl them and I'll make sure when I apply mascara to apply even extra or maybe an extra coat on those outer lashes so that will also uplift the eye. If you don't curl them, then they might kind of fall flat. There are other ways you can do with shading and contouring. There are little pencil brushes. Depending on your eye shape, of course, it's going to be a different size brush for different eye shapes. This is one of the reasons why I advise people on not buying kits unless you know your eye shape. So yeah, you can shade and contour your outer corner of the eye and lift it. I do like using, I think they're called shadow shields. You can use a credit card or tape you know, and make sure to follow along the bottom lash line as it curves up, you know, make sure it kind of curves up and keep the eyeshadow in that outer corner. That's an instant way to uplift the eye. I'm assuming that you maybe have downturned eyes and you want them to look more uplifted, or maybe you are more mature and gravity as it does pulls down the eye. So that's what I do, Daisy. Question number five, what is the best way to clean your makeup brushes and sponges? Paul asks. So Paul, you know, I love, and for the longest time I would use baby shampoo. Okay. I would just use my baby shampoo because my brushes are expensive and I want something gentle and I don't want anything with tons of fragrances in it. 
So I would, in the palm of my hand, you know, put a drop and I would do this for each brush. This was before I was a pro. Now that I'm a pro and I have, I'm still on the tail end of 2020, 2021, so not working as much. But when I am busy, I needed like a bar that I could really lather the brushes in. I would normally clean them two or three times each brush um, and get them just massage the brushes into a soap directly. I'm assuming these are for personal use. Just use some baby shampoo or I love Sonia Rosselli Tiger Eye. That's what I use. It's a brush soap. It's fantastic. I've linked it in the show notes for you. I love it because it's also quick drying and that saves a lot of time. For non-pros, I have a sanitation guide, how to keep your makeup and your brushes clean. You can head over to nataliesaturay.com slash clean and get it. Again, there's no sponsorships or anything like that. It is purely educational so that you can keep your brushes clean. And you also ask for sponges. So sponges are controversial. (laughs) Normally you toss sponges after you use them. The only um, sponge that I have experience with using and cleaning are the Beauty Blender brand. And so I use the Beauty Blender sponges and I use both their liquid cleanser and their charcoal-based cleanser. I think it's proprietary to Beauty Blender. And I do use that to wash my sponges and I follow the instructions and I do it about three or four times per sponge. So depending on the sponge, you might just want to toss it. Or if you have a particular sponge that you like, look and see if they make a specific cleanser for that specific sponge. If not, I would just err on the side of tossing it. And yes, so, but sponges do, you know, harbor bacteria and they can be nasty. So you really want to keep those clean and for personal use. Whether you are a makeup lover or makeup artist, if you like the free and unsponsored content I produce here on the podcast and on the blog, and you want to keep this conversation going or receive specific and personal recommendations and advice, please consider supporting me on Patreon. When you support my work as a makeup artist, educator, and content creator, you make it possible for me to bring even more beauty industry leaders onto the podcast and provide much needed, unbiased, unsponsored, inclusive advice and education to people like you who understand my mission. The link to join my Patreon is in the show notes or at patreon.com slash Natalie Satare. Question number six, how do you figure out to buy the perfect concealer for your skin? Jennifer asks this question. First of all, what is your skin type? You know, if you have oily skin, if you have really dry skin or normal skin or acneic skin or mature skin, you need to know what your skin type is so you know the right formulation. That's the first question. And then the second question I would have is what are you trying to conceal? Is this, you know, spot concealing? Are there little blemishes here or there that you just want to spot conceal? Or are you hoping to conceal a larger area? And again, this is all broken out. Concealer is broken down in my book. So everything that I'm saying, you can get a copy of my book and it goes into more depth. But 
you need to kind of know what type of concealer to use and the size area that you're going to use. You know, your foundation should conceal most of those imperfections that you want to conceal. It should even it out. So, you know, I don't like to use concealer in masks. Sometimes I'll use concealer instead of foundation. Um, if I just want to brighten or highlight certain areas or conceal little bits. So that's like one part. The second part is what's your undertone? Okay. If you have more yellow undertones or maybe you're more olive undertone, or maybe you have more pink undertones. I mean, you need to know your undertone so that you can get the right concealer. Now, a lot of concealers are formulated and created with a more yellow undertone. And that's because most cosmetics that are available in the mainstream, you know, consumer goods are formulated for Caucasian women, white women, but there are so many different undertones. And so you will also find pink undertones in peaches. So a peach or pinky undertone is going to color correct, you know, those blues and the yellow is going to color correct like the purples. And the reason why yellow is so common is because on a fair to medium Caucasian, a lot of times the area underneath the eye is going to be a little bit more purple and everybody wants to conceal those under eye bags, right? So, you know, you'll probably find a ton of those and that might work for you, but without knowing your undertones, I can't really tell you, but peach undertone concealers could also be great. That's going to be more of the blue. Yeah. So there's also color theory. That's a very general answer. Again, without seeing your skin, without knowing what the purpose of concealer is, it's really hard to say. And this is important because sometimes we think we need products and we don't need them or we don't understand what they're used for. So, you know, you want a foundation to even out the skin tone. You want to give this nice complexion. If you're going to use a foundation and it's going to even out significantly with maybe a medium finish or medium coverage foundation, then you're going to need to add the warmth and dimension back into your face with like a blush and a bronzer or highlighter or whatever. If you find yourself putting on a foundation but still needing a lot of concealer, instead of you know, getting or using more concealer, I would say to use a different foundation that maybe has more coverage. So then you don't need the concealer. Concealer is essentially concentrated foundation. As we age, it creases. If you're going to use concealer, you're going to need to use a setting powder to make sure that it doesn't settle into wrinkles. It still might. So I always like to talk about concealer because I feel like it's being used excessively and unnecessarily. Okay, number seven, how do you get rid of wrinkles around your eyes? Being 25 and having wrinkles leaves me unhappy and insecure. Is it possible to get rid of them? Marion, okay, let me just give you a big hug because I got a ton of wrinkles around my eye. And I have to give myself some self-love because now I look at, you know, I feel like COVID or 2020 just really aged me like five years. If you go check out episode nine, you can hear my thoughts on what makeup and makeup artists can and cannot do for you. So a good makeup artist can do so much for you, but 
We cannot make wrinkles just go away, not without any sort of special effects or prosthetics, okay? Wrinkles are just a part of life. So there are things that you can do that don't involve makeup. If you want to use makeup to get rid of wrinkles, it's going to be impossible. I got to say it. I don't care the number of primers you want to stick on your face. You can't make them go away. The only thing you can do is really look at your skincare right now and make sure that you're targeting wrinkles and drinking a lot of water and using products that are going to slow it down. So if there are wrinkles in your crow's feet, the ones on the side of your eye, you know, focus on brightening the inner eye, bring the attention to the inner eye. If you are having wrinkles kind of around your mouth, check where your blush placement is. Is it down too far? Is it bringing down your face or is it lifting up your face? There are so many other ways that you can play with makeup to take the attention away from areas that you are insecure and draw the attention to areas that you are confident about. So make sure that you are taking care of the skin around your eyes. Go find good products that work for you and just love yourself. Okay. Number eight, what are the essential palettes for a makeup artist? Pi asks. So this is another, it depends question. Like who are your clients? What services do you offer? What's the geography? Are you in a really humid area? Is it always really hot and sticky? Are you in a really dry climate? Are you in a pretty moderate climate? Are you in California, right? This is really going to depend on the types of palettes that I would recommend for you. I can't give you a specific palette, but I can tell you that the four palettes that I would say every makeup artist should have, and should is in quotations because there are no rules, for the longest time before I knew really what I was doing. I carried, you know, bottles of foundation in my kit and I would mix and custom blend. And now that I am more experienced, I can work out of a foundation palette, a cream foundation palette. And I have learned how to warm product up and change the consistency or the coverage or change and adapt a wax-based foundation to the client's skin, their skin type, the type of event, whatever, that's going to come with skull. But a good foundation palette is always a solid bet. A blush palette is always good. I've used blush palettes also for eyes and lips, especially in a pinch with a foundation palette, especially if you're working with a cream or wax-based palette. You can a lot of times use the foundation straight as concealer and even contouring depending on the shade range. Make sure you have an inclusive shade range, by the way. Make sure you have blushes that is good for all skin types and all skin tones. Matte eyeshadow palette is a must. You must have a good solid matte eyeshadow palette. You can use matte eyeshadows, obviously, for the eye. You could use it in a pinch. It's so multi-purpose, but you could use it for contouring if you needed to. You can use it for brows. You can turn them into a liquid. Eyeliners, I mean, a matte eyeshadow palette is so much more versatile than a shimmery one or metallic one. And then last but not least, a lip palette. 
I always feel like I reach for lipsticks, but really I can custom make any color. And anybody who sits in my chair, when I custom make their color on their lip, for some reason, they're just so excited. And I always come up with a fun name for them. It's just, I don't know, there's something fun about doing that. But there's so many good lip palettes. Of course, you can check out all the different Facebook groups. There's just so many different ones. It really depends on the style artist you are, the type of clients you have, you know, what colors you're going to want to reach for. I also think that you can make your own palettes. You can just Google depotting or um, Grishan Roof. She is, I mean, addictive. You can watch all of her depotting and she makes gorgeous professional kits and she condenses everything. So there are so many resources out there. You can make your own with a Z palette and yeah. I can also help you with building your kit. I have a la carte coaching services and you can book a coaching call with me and I can tell you exactly how I build my kit. So I hope that that helps, Pi. I really wish you the best of success. If you are listening to this podcast and you really want to learn how to wear makeup, I mean, really learn how to wear makeup for every day and you want inclusive, accessible, unsponsored, real life and practical makeup, then look no further. I have taken the book that I've written, Be Your Own Makeup Artist, and turned it into an online course that is gonna actually hold your hand and teach you and show you visually what I mean when I'm talking about a liquid foundation versus a facial oil versus a cream concealer versus a metallic eyeshadow or a matte eyeshadow. I'm taking you through all of makeup so that you can actually confidently know what to use, when to use it, and why you might want to use certain makeup products so that you can feel empowered and confident with makeup whenever you want. Doesn't mean you have to wear makeup every day. If you want to sign up for the Be Your Own Makeup Artist Academy, head over to nataliesaturay.com slash academy. Sign up for the wait list. You'll get notified when it launches, all the goodies, You'll get first dibs to any early bird discounts and all of that good stuff. I can't wait to see you on the inside. This is going to be a life-changing class and you'll actually walk away knowing how to wear makeup. How awesome is that? Okay, number nine. Can I use foundation as concealer or do I need to go out and buy one? Holly asks. First of all, I want to thank you so much for asking this question. Foundation as concealer. So I said it earlier when we were talking about concealer, but foundation really should be evening out your skin tone and hopefully concealing all of those little imperfections, right? So absolutely, you can use foundation as concealer. And just kind of like I talked in the question eight in the essential makeup artist palettes, So a lot of these cream or wax-based foundations, you're not supposed to use them directly from, you know, the pan onto your face. Like a lot of times you're going to want to thin them out, sheer them out because they're super concentrated. So yes, the answer is you can use foundation as a concealer. I don't know what you're trying to conceal. I don't know the undertones. I don't know the size or the area. I don't know how you intend to apply the concealer or the foundation. 
you know, I'm giving a very broad, yes, you can use foundation as a concealer, but it also depends. But I would much rather see somebody using foundation to conceal than concealer because I'm just quite frankly sick of concealer and sick of seeing people just swipe it all over their faces. I'm like, it might look good in a bursted out light video, but in real life, it probably doesn't look that good. Maybe in a really dark room or in a studio setting where the lighting is very controlled and in a picture. Anyways, I can go on and on, but yes, go forward, use your foundation as concealer. I would much rather see that than concealer, concealer. Okay. Last but not least, how long does makeup last? AKA, when do you throw away cosmetics? This is asked by Louis or Louis, Louis, Louis. Okay. Read the bottle. There is always generally a date stamped on there, but if it's not, it's loose, right? As a professional, I set a one-year expiration date on my creams and anything, lotions or liquidies. Powders is about two years. You can extend the shelf life by keeping these products in closed and dark spaces. Keep in mind that really good quality skincare products, they're probably not injected with tons of preservatives. And so they're going to actually have a shorter shelf life. Once you've learned about how all of the cosmetics work, you're just like, eh, I think it's just better and safer for me to just toss it out, which goes to the point of not buying things that you know you cannot use up. So don't buy something that you know you won't use up in either one year or two year. Last but not least, before I wrap up the episode, I wanted to let you know about my Create Your Signature Look program. I have launched this last year Create Your Signature Look program with a dear friend and amazing stylist, Tammy Parrish of The Clothing Campus. We are in week six right now of our very first Create Your Signature Look round of students. And let me tell you, this program is life-changing. It is head to toe image consulting. In 12 weeks, you will have a signature look. You will know how to do your makeup. You will know what colors look good on you. You will know what makeup works for you. You will know how and where to apply them. You will know where, why, and how to dress for certain occasions. I mean, seriously, it's life-changing. So if you are at all interested in joining us in the fall, we will be launching the next round in September. This is a biannual program, so we only open doors twice a year. Very limited number of people. We're talking less than 10 can get in because this is so personalized, so custom that we want to make it as impactful as possible. So get onto the waitlist, createyoursignaturelook.com. Just get on the waitlist. It doesn't obligate you to anything. There's no marketing emails going out. We're only going to send you info when it launches in the fall and let you know how you can sign up. I'm pretty confident this round is going to sell out before I even make it public. So if you really want to finally know how to do your makeup and how to dress for your best self, this is your program. 
I really hope you loved the answers to the question. Remember, there is no correct answer. These are all, in my humble opinion, answers. There are always a million different ways to answer the same question. So if you did have any follow-up questions or you wanted to dig in a little bit deeper, go ahead, hit me up on DM, on email, go to my Ask Setare page. It's all linked in the show notes. And I hope you all have a wonderful and beautiful rest of your day. And please stay healthy out there until next month. Whether you are a makeup lover or makeup artist, if you like the free and unsponsored content I produce here on the podcast and on the blog, and you want to keep this conversation going or receive specific and personal recommendations and advice, please consider supporting me on Patreon. When you support my work as a makeup artist, educator, and content creator, you make it possible for me to bring even more beauty industry leaders onto the podcast and provide much needed, unbiased, unsponsored, inclusive advice and education to people like you who understand my mission. The link to join my Patreon is in the show notes or at patreon.com slash Natalie Satare.